Well, it's been a heck of a busy a couple of weeks for the Texas Longhorns. And let's go down to Austin and talk to our guy, Justin Wells, inside Texas. They are doing great work covering those Longhorns. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, Justin, let's start on the hardwood because uh, we've now got a new head coach, Chris Beard, coming from Texas Tech, shaking up the Big 12 here. And before I get to my first question for Justin, be sure to leave a rating and a review. Subscribe to this podcast because we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies for you when you leave me a rating and a review on this show and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We got those koozies ready, so we appreciate it, guys. Let me ask you this first off, Justin. Is Shaka Smart still the head coach if he beats Abilene Christian but loses in the second round? I don't believe so. No, I think he had to make it to the to the second weekend. I think he had to make it to the Sweet 16, especially coming from a season, his best season on the 40 acres, uh, coming off of a Big 12 championship in the tournament, and, and really a three seed going through the gauntlet of the Big 12 that was absolutely just brutal, brutal competition this year. I think the expectations were raised along with the season. Uh, it was the best mixture of talent he's had there and probably there in a, in a, in a long time. And I, I, even if they beat ACU and lose in the next game, I still think Shaka Smart's unemployed – well, not unemployed, but no longer with the University of Texas. I think he, uh, he takes that hint very strongly to, to find another spot, and I think he's probably still in Marquette. So they needed wow. to get to the Sweet 16. That was the, it was Sweet 16 or bust, in my opinion. So was this relationship just fried? I mean, were these sides kind of sick of each other or like, was it, was it just about what happened on the court? What, what, how much of it was the off court stuff? No, no, it was primarily on court stuff. Shaka okay. Smart's been tremendous off court. You know, he's, he's a, he's a big relationship guy and these players you give him credit. They, he recruited pretty well. Uh, he, he developed a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it was, you know, over the top, uh, you know, exclusively, you know, just, you know, on the court, but he was good off the court. He had a good rapport with, with, with the staff and the athletic department, things of that such, but you, you know, he'd been there six years and, and you got to win at some point. And, and when you don't win a tournament game in six years, you know, even though Texas isn't a basketball school, you still have to show up and, and get, get to that second weekend. Rick Barnes did it religiously. Uh, Tommy Penders before him was noted as doing it as well. And and Shaka just didn't meet expectations. And Chris Del Conte is, you know, football feeds the, feeds the horse, but in in the big scope scope of things, Chris Del Conte is a basketball guy and and they've got the Moody center opening up in a year and a half. And so it's important to line up all your ducks and, and get basketball back on the, back on the, on the map. And by doing that, it was time to, to, to move on from Shaka smart. And for him to find a job, because I, I don't feel like Texas was going to fire him. I felt like it was going to have to be a find you another spot, get you another job kind of deal. And within 48 hours after that tournament, he had found another spot. And so it was on the court. It was just a lack of progress, mm-hmm. lack of overall development. And just, you know, with, with this, the, the team, the core that he had, Pete, in this last season, they should have won more. They really, really yeah. should have. Uh, and, and, and that, to me, was the most disappointing thing of all of it, because they had a great team, a great core. Shaka just couldn't get them over the hump, and that's why Chris Beard is now the man in charge. All right, so let's go to the Chris Beard hire then. Uh, couldn't have made a better hire. 
What sealed the deal? I mean, was this one of those things where Beard was just going for, not that he's just going to Texas for the money, that's not what I'm saying, but was he holding out for uh, a, a higher paycheck? Was was that kind of the, the bridge that had to be divided here to make sure that he got what he wanted? Or were there other uh, stipulations that he had to make sure he was clear on and comfortable with before taking this job? Well, Chris, is, he, he, he wanted to make sure he, he took care of everything because Texas Tech, give those guys credit they they pretty much bent over backwards and gave chris everything he wanted now when you take a team to the elite eight one year and you take them to the national championship game one bucket away from the title in one year you kind of get those perks and so i don't think money was ever an issue because texas tech up until a couple nights before this all went down you know gave him an incredible contract extension offer that basically uh, equal equal tenure and, and, and so Beard would have been more than comfortable and, and healthy in Lubbock, but you got to understand Chris Beard went to Texas. Chris Beard started coaching at the University of Texas. He was, he's, he's, been a, he's a burnt orange guy, and when you have an opportunity to go home, that's kind of a big selling point. And then also he looks at it as the challenge because he knows he even, you know, his press conference was intense. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was intense. And he's a guy that he knows what he wants. He knows how to get what he wants. He knows the parts and pieces to put in place. And when you go out and you take a job like Texas, especially when, like Chris Del Conte said, the prodigal son returns, especially when you've been there before, you understand those expectations. You embrace them. And this is Chris Beard going for the next challenge. And, and you know, he, could, he did a lot of good things at Texas Tech. But you're only going to bring so many people to Lubbock. You're only going to bring so many people out west in Texas. With Austin, this place sells itself. When you talk about the facilities, you talk about the new arena, you talk about the exposure, you talk about LHN, it's really hard when you're an alum and this is where you started. It's really hard for them not to be nostalgic and want to come back and take on that challenge. And bringing guys on his staff that coached and played at Texas, this all adds up to homecoming which was exactly why we, we titled that headline when it, when it popped on Monday. It was a homecoming for Chris Beard. I don't think it came down to money. He was going to get money no matter where he went, no matter where he went. I think he just wanted to come home. I think he wanted that new challenge. And nothing against Texas Tech, but you can do more with the resources at the University of Texas. You're not with an Under Armour brand. You're with Nike, which is Mr. Basketball brand. And so there's just so many more opportunities to, to, to do more. And I think Chris Beard wanted that challenge, and he's taking it head on. He's Justin Wells. Great stuff with uh, Inside Texas joining us here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. All right, so on the football field then, let's get into what's happening on the spring practice side of things. Uh, first off, your impressions of Steve Sarkeesian, his first spring practice, and the differences from the Tom Herman era. This is the, I'm glad you started with this one. Steve Sarkeesian has been a godsend just from a personality standpoint. You know, a lot of people walked on eggshells around Tom Herman. He wasn't always the most um, approachable person. He's not what you would call a personable uh, guy. And, and Sarkeesian's the polar opposite. So instantly the locker room and, 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 the, and the offices are a little more relaxed. You're going to get a hello in the hallway. You're gonna go. You're gonna get a how's your how's your classes going? You're gonna go. You're gonna get how's your parents doing? That's a big thing for these kids. It it, it it seems like a small thing in a data point in building relationships, 
then it really is a big factor. Sarkeesian is nailing that. Uh, you know, I, I'm on my fourth head coach covering the University of Texas. And with Charlie Strong, it, there wasn't a lot of organization, especially in practice. There were things that were missed. There were things that were neglected. When Tom Herman came in, that was a big change because he was very detail-oriented, or, or, or we were told. He was very, you know, very analytical on, on a lot of his moves and decisions. I've been told for people that have, have been through both of those staffs that Sarkeesian's group is, is actually more detailed. There's actually more activity in practice, less standing around, more, more you know, even when your position group isn't up, you're still doing something active. You're still learning. You're still putting in some work. And for me, that was a huge draw. When, when, when sources tell me that this guy is more, more dedicated and more detail-oriented than Herman, who is Mr. Analytics, that's a big thing. And so for me, the, the, just the impression from the team and from sources inside the program, Steve Sarkeesian has done exactly what he's supposed to do, come in and earn trust. I believe Herman came in and demanded trust, and it doesn't work that way, especially with young guys 18 to 21, 22 years old. You still have to earn their trust. Sarkeesian is trying to do that with each player each day, and I feel like it's already already benefiting these guys that's awesome so then take me through the the obviously on-field question the biggest one people are wondering this quarterback battle I mean is it Casey Thompson's job to lose is it truly a toss-up with Hudson card like where is that position right now Justin right now both guys are it's an it's a real open competition Pete and I'd like to tell you one is is separating from the other but they're not they both add uh strong suits to, to the game. They both bring different aspects. With, with Casey, you've got that the guy that can, if the play breaks down, he can, he can escape the pocket. He, you know, we saw what he did in the second half against Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. He can, he can hit his second and third reads. He can make that, that outside post to or flag route to uh, Kelvante Dixon 60 yards. Those, those were big plays, and so that's what Casey brings you. Hudson brings you this just God-given natural arm talent. He can make every throw on the field. He gets the ball down the field. And if, if you're looking at it to see who's getting an angle or, or getting an edge, I think Card actually holds the, the early edge, even though they haven't really separated, because Card does a lot more of what Sarkeesian wants, especially from a passing standpoint. You're talking about a guy that was a former college and pro quarterback. You're talking about a guy that's been known for building great offenses around developing great quarterbacks. And so – it's it's great that it's an open competition. I don't we haven't had one of those in Austin in four years since Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger. And so this this is it's competition is always good for a program. You you never want to have a guy that's just there that's been that's been entrusted with with with, with his position. You want guys that are earning it. And so right now there hasn't been a lot of separation. I know there are times where Card has looked good. I know there are times where Casey has looked good, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's nobody's job to lose. It's both of their, both of those guys have the responsibility of taking that spot. And I don't know if we're going to see any finality with that decision after spring. Like I, I think it'll go into the fall because both guys are capable. And if you're Texas fans, that's exactly what you want. Pete Carroll built USC on recruiting competitors compete competition at each level I think Sarkeesian brings a little bit of that into the quarterback room and you cannot go wrong with Casey Thompson or Hudson Card personally I think Card is the better fit 
I think Card has the more natural ability, and I think he's probably the more uh, apt to, to take this position. But I'm not going to I'm not going to justify that, you know, knocking down Casey Thompson, who I think could be capable as well. It's a great problem to have, Texas fans. Yeah, it, it, that sure sounds like it. So, who right now? You got a new staff. You got a quarterback battle. I mean, the biggest people think of the biggest star that. Uh, fans outside of Texas might know it's probably Bijan Robinson, who's just coming off a true freshman season. Who's the leader right now on this team, or who are the emerging leaders on this team, Justin? That's a great question. When you lose a Sam Ellinger and a Joseph Osai, your first question is who's going to replace that leadership? Not just the production, but you know, being a leader in the locker room, being that example, picking guys up when they're down. Uh, Bijan Robinson's name pops up a lot. He is one of the most mature young athletes I've ever met. Uh, it, it, you don't feel like you're talking to a 19-year-old. You feel like you're talking to a grown adult who has a very strong convic- conviction to the Lord and what his, his job is on earth. And he's, you know, if, if, some of the, if you talk to some of the uh, people inside the program, they'll tell you Bijan is somewhat inspiring to a lot of the other players just because of the way he handles himself. And so he's got some leadership tendencies there. He's not a rah-rah, you know, build him up kind of guy. He's a, he's a lead by example. But if you want some leaders right now, get, I'll give you Rashawn Johnson. He's the, the running back beside Bijan. He's the guy that knows he's not going to get as many carries as Bijan, but he's still there. He's still working. He's still pushing. He's still leading. He is the, the epitome of what a leader is. So he's been really vocal. Uh, you could say on the offensive side, Casey Thompson has also tried to, to step in that as well a little bit and be a little more vocal. And so you're kind of seeing that on the offensive side, on the defensive side. Well, uh, Alfred Collins, uh, the sophomore defensive lineman, who, if you look at Bijan as, as talented as he, as he is at running back, mm-hmm. Collins is equal as talented on the defensive side. He's kind of the alpha of the group. But Josh Thompson, returning starting corner out of Nacogdoches, Texas, that's a kid that's really starting to step up and, and, and take some of those leadership roles and make sure that guys are where they need to be. You know, he was one of the first ones that, that told the team right after uh, Herman was, was let go, hey, no matter who they bring in, everybody buy in. Because if everyone doesn't, we'll never, we'll never succeed. He was one of the first ones to really push a full buy-in from the entire team. And you're seeing that early on. You're seeing those guys, you know, you look at like a Jawan Mitchell who hit the portal again uh, a week a week or so ago. You know, he was an example for Coach Sarkeesian. They're not going to sit there and beg kids to come back. They're not going to beg kids to go to class, and they're not going to beg kids to show up to practice. He was an example. You're either going to buy in or you're not going to be a part of it. Rashawn Johnson and Josh Thompson, to me, are, the, are probably the early leaders, even though Bijan and Alfred have kind of the name recognition. Those are the two guys that have been through the program a few years. They know what is expected of them, and they're standing up and doing exactly what leaders should do. Wow, that's great stuff. He is Justin Wells inside Texas on the show. Justin, it's always great to catch up with what's happening down in Austin, my man. You guys have been super busy doing great work. We appreciate all you do, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, man, we appreciate you, Pete. Uh, at InsideTexas.com, we've got the best best staff in the market. From Eric Nolene to Joe Cook to Jerry Hamilton to Ian Boyd to Scipio Tex to, to uh, Bobby Burton, uh, Tim Preston, the list goes on, brother. We, we have got the best group, and we sure do appreciate getting to hang out with you, Pete, and getting to talk to you every once in a while. And that's why you're our go-to, Justin. We appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bud.
Love our guy, Justin Wells. Love, of course, uh, what the guys at Inside Texas are able to do every single day to uh, give great insight on the Texas Longhorns. Well, that is it for us. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. And guess what? We've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie for you when you do that. All right? So send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you soon.